I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Mahani Jahangiri, and welcome to Conversations with My Dog. I am the creator of Doga, yoga for you and your dog. And this podcast aims to bring dog lovers together to discuss the impact they have on our lives. But where do we start, Anna? Where do we start? So I think we should start at the beginning, right at the beginning. Um, Where were you born, Anna Webb? Where were you born? Gosh, this much detail. Um, (laughs) As normally I hide behind my dogs, as everybody knows. Um, I was actually born in Canada. Uh, which makes me a Canadian. Wow, I didn't know that. And and you have a Swedish background? Is yeah, that, that is right. My mum was Swedish. So um, after a couple of years in Canada, we um, moved back to Stockholm, where I learned to talk. So my first language, amazingly, was Swedish. That is incredible because every time I look at you and I see this beautiful blonde in front of me, you know, oh, please. natural blonde, a natural blonde. And, I, and though your English is so perfect, it's picture perfect and you've got a proper, you know, you don't have an accent like me. I have this fake American accent. I'm from Switzerland. So I always wondered, where did you learn the language? What is your background? You know, because it's good to start off, you know, where, what. How was your childhood like, your environment? You know, did you have cows and sheep like me in Switzerland? You know, did you grow up with nature? Well, it's very interesting. Okay, so um, I was bilingual from the get-go. So I'd speak English to my dad and Swedish to my mum. And our, my environment at home was always surrounded by animals. Um, so my dad, when I was very young, was secretary of the Shropshire branch of the RSPCA. So at about the age of eight, uh, I learned about lots of awful animal cruelty cases, uh, which really set the tone, I think. I think this is where it all began. I learned that people could be very mean to animals, and I could never understand why, because I had a real affinity with animals, but particularly dogs. That said, you know, it was my dad that took me for my riding lessons. Um, He always used to tack up the Welsh mountain pony I was going to ride, and he taught me so much. He taught me certainly how to approach dogs, what to expect from dogs, and really the wondrous love that the dog really is. 
Absolutely. And that was still in, back in Sweden or already in the UK? No, this was when we were already back in the UK because okay. um, dad being awfully British didn't really fit into Swedish culture awfully well. Um, Which I understand completely having an Iranian background. I, I never fit into the Swiss culture, though I love the mountains and the sheep and everything. It, it the Culturally, it's really hard to fit into a Swedish or Swiss, um, you know, background. It's very straight isn't it it's, yes it's very regimental it's very regimental very germanic i suppose in um a general um description so um and dad had n- had no ability to speak any foreign language um not that that mattered so much in sweden because obviously everyone speaks english however um he he couldn't really settle there so we moved um to england rather than going back to canada because obviously canada is much further away from sweden and my mum's father was still alive then my granddad so uh we settled in shropshire <laughs> shropshire and and tell me what how did it start with the animals in shropshire so you were surrounded by animals you did um horse riding and every everything when did the dogs come in well, when did the actual the first dog come into your life well the first dog came into my life um probably when I was about mm, four because it was before my sister was born and that was um a working spring spaniel called Tina because you have to remember my father um had always said working gun dogs and in his book really gun dogs were the, the thing you know we we only ever had gun dogs um until a bit later on, which I'll fill you in later. So um, dogs were around me and um, in all the family members, everyone, you know, that my parents knew um, had a dog. Uh, so dogs surrounded me. Um, I used to spend a lot of time with an aunt of mine who was actually my mum's best friend. And she had six dogs and had come from a very doggy uh, aficionado family. And um she had four poodles and two shih tzus initially and I would just love to spend my weekends there learn even more about dogs help her groom them feed them walk them and just read loads and loads of dog books does this sound a bit odd (laughs) not at all no it's just amazing because I only know you from about 12 years ago we met 12 years ago on the BBC Radio London uh, show you're Barking Hour or what was it called 12 years ago? It was called, <laughs> quite a long time ago. I know, I don't know how yeah. time just flies. It was called yeah. Barking at the Moon then and we aired at night, that's uh, me and um, Joanne Good uh, on her late show, that's where it all began and we started off as a funny little 15 minute segment once a week but before too long um, uh, by you know huge um, demand we moved to being two hours every week and rocked the airways really and that that late night show spawned so much you know a book deal um, the Titchmarsh show once a week for a year uh, a sky documentary and lots yeah. of other things so it was really you know quite a landmark radio show which still thrives today so over Absolutely. a decade later but you know what's so amazing is um, we met on the Titchmore show again. I was so impressed with your professionalism. I remember you and Joe Good, separate rooms rehearsing. <laughs> you went on the show. And I thought you were talking to me, actually. And I was responding to you, but you were just rehearsing a script. And I was like, why are they talking to me? But they're not talking to me. You both are so amazing together. It's such an incredible team. And I always said, who 
is the actual expert. And lo and behold, I didn't know how much um, uh, of your knowledge and your expertise, like I said, when you were four, you started with four, bringing all this into the show. It's it's a huge asset, someone with such a background. Um, well, I don't I, know. I, oh, that's sweet of you to say, Moni. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love doing the Titchmar show. I, I love doing the episode that you were on. I couldn't believe it. There I was um, in wide leg pose uh, on national television and doing Calipar, as always, and doing <laughs> Calipar. all the time. happens every day. Um, and there, there I was doing Calipati breathing. I mean, it was just absolutely surreal. But that's what I've loved about um my journey with with dogs because yes it started just from um, a real childhood passion that I felt I could really relate to dogs Um, and then that progressed through all my school days you know I did art all my art projects were about dogs all my English storytelling um, was about dogs Um, I used to go to Crufts every year with my aunt to visit friends I used to groom people's dogs before they went into the ring this was back in the day when life was very different but um yeah. And how different was it? How different was it from we saw each other <laughs> in our last crafts? I that was my first crafts, the pre-COVID crafts, and you've probably been there how many times? Well remember uh, in March when we saw each other in crafts, you were yeah, running around. We're running around. Well, you know, I mean crafts has just grown exponentially in this time. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in the day it was in um uh, the business design center then it grew into the small hall of olympia then the big hall of olympia then it um moved to earl's court outgrew earl's court and now it rains filling filling most of you know the nec and it's a truly international exhibition because of the changes over the years to the pet passport scheme it's really you know just evolved um with modern times you know so and i think health and safety is a lot stricter you know probably um than it was back then my mom used to be very happy just to leave me on a bench a dog bench you know those um little kennels that you have at dog shows um and she'd just leave me there, you know, because she <laughs> she knew I'd be fine, looked after by fellow dog lovers. And I was just in my element grooming um, Tibetan spaniels. So how how were you how old were you then? So as it, throughout your teens? No, you... no, no. So basically, from a, from eight till I was wow. about thirteen, and then I suppose I discovered boys and exam pressure. Um, I found exam pressure quite daunting. So back then, you did O levels and A levels, and then my dad insisted I went to university to get an academic degree. So that was all quite challenging. And meanwhile... And what did you study then? What did you study? Ah, I studied English and psychology. <laughs> ah, there's the expert. There's the psychology. We're coming slowly on that point because this is actually what this um, little podcast is about. We were talking about ourselves and the dogs and the relationship. And, you know, psychology is a big part of my life with doga and interestingly enough you studied psychology and continued on did that help you with the dog behavior expert that you've become now is that yeah great asset yeah it has been an asset because obviously I've learned about behavioral psychology um and studying um this landmark um psychologist who really studied learning in dogs called um Skinner (laughs) so everybody has to learn about Skinner's philosophies and um uh, relating to positive reward-based training so he was a very landmark uh 
person in the in the world of animals and understanding how they learn so how you can train them so that that's obviously helped enormously but it's um it's an interesting degree um and yes using it um to help train dogs is is great but i feel really with training dogs you can read every single book you know you can um study every course but really nothing beats actual experience so i would say that it was really molly my first miniature bull terrier that uh was my baptism of fire when it came to uh training dogs and when was she born molly molly was born in april 2002 (laughs) april 2002 what date exactly because Robbie was born 1st of April 2012. Uh, Funny no um the end of April. Aries no Moles was a Taurus she was on the 30th of April. Oh my goodness. So she was a bull breed with a um a bull sign so she was a true earth sign I think uh physically and metaphorically. And what's your sign Anna? Me I'm a Cancerian what are you? What you- I'm a I'm a Scorpio, oh. a, rising, uh, a Scorpio, but ascendant Cancer. So I'm water, water, and it's all emotional and complicated. I and, know. You know water on water. It's just that's why we dig deep. We dig deep. We like arts, animals. It's all part of the um, the element of water as well, and nurturing, nurturing, yes. very nurturing. And um, I just want to say you talked about passion and I want to go back to passion because it's so important. You say your first, so your first love, you, we kind of skipped the boys and the men. In your Let's life. skip them. They're really boring. Straight the passion. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we don't have enough time, but the thing is, it's, it's coming to the passion. Let's talk about Molly. Let's talk about your first love, obviously. And uh, I know this is quite difficult as well. And uh, you said you are happy to talk about Molly. Well, yes. Uh, I mean, Molly, um, it's easier for me to talk about moles um, as she did past five years ago, but at, uh, you know, when it was very raw I found it very very difficult because whilst everybody knows um, you know you will outlive your dog somehow until it actually happens um, you don't actually believe that and to a degree I know that Molly is immortal Um, I know her energy is around a lot Um, I've had various moments where I've actually asked for her help (laughs) it's going to sound crazy Um, and it's made me realise that that expression divine intervention that it is there for a meeting you know I find all these old adages they wouldn't actually be there if they didn't really mean something and maybe they are all true a bit like let sleeping dogs lie we all know know, if you wake up a dog abruptly um, and you don't know that dog or whatever you you know you, you may get a bite because you've given that dog a fright so let sleeping dogs lie (laughs) so yes so molly i mean really she she was amazing because she was really my first dog you know as a grown-up living on my own in london and back then london wasn't as dog friendly as it is now not by any stretch of the imagination um so i was only 37 at the time and people you know, honestly thought, Prykeana, have you lost the plot? How on earth are you going to manage? You know, you're running your own business. So I was running my own little PR firm at the time. <laughs> anyway, I just thought, you know, we are going to manage. This isn't impossible. And um, sure enough, we did. There were no dog walkers or crashes around. That service sector hadn't 
really even begun yet in this country. So, yeah, you relied on friends, you know, they were really old-fashioned way, which I think, you know, in many respects is uh, so much better. So, yeah, so Moz and I muddled along, really, um, and... We did so much together and and she really represents, without doubt, you know, the best 13 years of my life, I think, because in that time, so much happened, be it the radio show, be it Titchmarsh, being on BBC Breakfast together. We pretty much did every channel and pretty much every local radio station together. So she was a seasoned broadcaster, was our moles. <laughs> oh, was she, was she in the studio? Did, did they allow the dog in the studio? Oh, they did, Um, yeah, for three years when we were at night. Oh, how wonderful. Yeah, no, but... I've got Robbie on my lap now. Have you? to you and I feel so much calmer like my heart because it is my first interview by the way just to let you know uh i did say that before but you know what i mean my like they they slow down your heart rate like if the dog sits on your lap and you can talk it's just something else it's you know Absolutely. I mean, dogs do so much for us. They are man's best friend. And it's good that we're doing the interview today because today is National Dog Day. Yeah. National Dog Day. Exactly. Back to you as well. So it's not really a surprise, I guess, that um, dog ownership, particularly right at this moment in time, has gone berserk. You know, we are actually living with more dogs than we've ever done ever before you know um and it is because i think they offer us so much not least staying in the moment which as we're in the middle of a global pandemic where none of our futures are really super certain dogs are helping us to stay in the moment and they certainly have helped me what how how has robbie helped you Oh my God, I can't, I can't, he deserves a medal. I mean, he's like a trained psychologist. (laughs) It's quite amazing. Um, I think Robbie changed a lot during the pandemic because he was obviously taking care of me. Uh, That's the primordial thing that dogs do is, is take care of your emotions, take care of your well-being. And I think he got more attached I got more attached and he's become more attached and it's really funny because I'm supposed to go on my first holiday in September and I'm actually terrified of going in case something terrible will happen I'm being really honest about this like it's this um separation anxiety that he has that I have now we both have it you know with each other and I think it's really important to break that up that I go and leave him here for 11 12 days and come back and know that everything's going to be okay uh, it's without Robbie I wouldn't have gotten through this pandemic absolutely no way I live on my own as well and um it was just me and him and we did lots of doga zoom classes and all this together we were a team that's what you say you're saying Molly and you, you were a team you did everything together yeah you're one unit well that's right and and then what happened was so um I got Molly after my dad passed away which really shook me um it was a big 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 one obviously um so Molly was really my uh remedy to help soothe my pain because I knew that dad would really think it was a good idea I got a dog you know he'd thought for a long time I should get a dog but obviously because London wasn't so dog friendly if you were renting or even in a flat I owned, although it was leasehold, in the lease it said no pets allowed. So um, you were a bit stuck to um, actually take on a dog. So I knew dad would 
want me to have a dog. So really, Molly was my uh, remedy to losing dad. And she helped heal my heart in that respect, because I always felt dad was looking down thinking, well done, you're, you're doing well, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> even though Molly's... Yeah. And then we you also... such similarity, though, because... Um... My story is is that Robbie is a rescue. He came into my life because uh, a bunch of you know, family of Arabs didn't want him anymore and they had my number so they give me Robbie to find a buyer. It's ridiculous. It's it's such a horrific story. But anyway, the day I held Robbie, the day I held Robbie and Robbie stayed over with me, I contacted dad on Skype. Really? <laughs> in Switzerland. And I said, "Mom, dad." And my dad went, "No, you're not pregnant." I said, "No." And I lifted little Robbie's head up on Skype and my dad said how much <laughs> he's Iranian how much and I said look he says give them half price <laughs> and he says this is your dog that you will take care of because you don't have children and I never forget that it's actually really tearful I get very tearful because he says I know you wanted to be a mother I know because I didn't have a relationship I still don't have a relationship with a man it's impossible um that Robbie was the thing that I could take care of, that that, that I had an adult responsibility. Absolutely. And, and yeah. Something well, very powerful when your father gives you this. You yeah. Know? And I think, you know, your dad's absolutely right. There is all that aspect to it, you know, and to give you uh, routine, uh, as you say, responsibility. Um, and dogs fulfill that nurturing uh, instinct, you know, that we've all got mothering instinct to a degree, you know, but as they're dogs, um, I really believe dogs help us more, you know, than perhaps having a child. I have no children either, you know, to be honest. I was never really that interested in having children. I definitely knew I wanted to have dogs around me. Because dogs actually help us so much. They They counterbalance all of the issues that I think people tend to have you know through no fault of our own it's just the way that we've evolved um i think people on the whole can be very materialistic they can be quite greedy self-centered uh self-absorbed same thing isn't it um and um yes. and and just you know and want things that don't really actually make a jot of difference to your core happiness so i think seeing dogs just running in the park just being themselves totally in the moment not worrying about yesterday or tomorrow that's where you get the real symbiotic relationship that is man's best friend. Because let's face it, look, we've spent a lot of time domesticating the dog, you know, over 30,000 years, and we perfected it. And I believe we did this for one, for one reason, which is to fulfill the only thing the human condition totally lacks, which is unconditional love. Absolutely. There you are. How damaged am I? <laughs> you know... Exactly. This is it. And and the self-love, it comes with self-love as well, isn't it? It's it's very hard. If you haven't got that self-love, if you come from a difficult, damaged background, um, I'm talking about myself, actually, uh, or, or broken, you know, to give that self-love, you need to have a reflection first. You have to have a, a mirror that you can look into. And if, you know, Robbie has become my mirror he looks back at me and goes why why are you crying you know why are you the concern in him and and that allows me to remember that i need i'm worthy and i'm 
I need to be kind to myself. I, I think it's an incredible thing because children, I don't know if children do that. They, they reflect back all the time to their parents going, uh, you know, you got to love yourself, mom and dad. But the dog is consistent all the way through. And that's when it's really hard, isn't it? When you then lose your dog. Yeah, it's and devastating. I mean, losing. I know losing Molly. See, yes. I think I think more people in due course will understand. You know um, how how it was because I know a lot of people. Maybe even you, Marnie, a bit. You were in touch at that time very much and helped me. But I think you were thinking, "Come on, Anna. You know what? You know, get with it. Get back on on <laughs> on the on the program. You know." Um, but um, I never saw you like this. I never saw you like this. We were in the piazza, in the BBC Radio piazza, and and you you just said, you know, you mentioned Molly, and your ears, uh, your eyes just went wet, and and I thought, oh my god, can she do the show? Can she hold it together? You know, I was scared to even mention the M word, but then I knew you needed the reassurance to know that Molly's around you and that her spirit is consistent and you can chant for her, you can meditate with her, you can pray with her. She's always around you. You needed to hear that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was a terrible shock. I think death is, even when you know death is kind of imminent, you know, in, in family or, you know, wherever, um, the actual moment it happens, you are in terrible shock. And also there were some other things um relating to Molly's passing that were you know really not very nice at the time um, I was living in uh, a village because I'd moved out of London <laughs> and that was um, an extraordinary experience needless to say um, I'm happily back in Hackney <laughs> I think that probably says it all <laughs> um, can I just ask with the, oh sorry no I'm no I was just going to say that's prudent shaking so if um, I can hear it I can hear it <laughs> I just wanted to say, with Molly's passing, was that like an end of a chapter with your father? Do you know what I mean? Because he gave you this dog, uh, this, 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 uh, you know, it was connected to your father. Was there an end of an era? Well, there was, yeah, I mean, I think. Not just Molly, but everything. um, I think so, yes. I think, to be honest with you, you've got it right. You know, actually, my entire life as I knew it, was not there anymore so it was really difficult to kind of get a grip and do anything I remember the first time I filled um, the mini up with petrol uh, after Molly had passed and it was just dreadful you know it was like I can't do this because Molly isn't here so um that sorry prudence I told it this out is being a bit fruity because she's being a bit bored you're not as good as Molly at settling mm. I know she's a nightmare no she's not really <laughs> we love you prudence um so yes end end of a total chapter and also I mean that was something of course I realized was going to happen and my dad always used to say to me when I was very young and I suppose I didn't really understand what he meant but he would tell me all about his dogs that he'd had through his life and he would say Anna you can mark your life through dogs lives and they define chapters and so when you're young that means absolutely nothing but then of course I realized yes this this was a massive chapter but I have to make other chapters which is why prudence came into my life um exactly exactly just to prove that the wheel of life would keep turning and at five now five years can't believe that Mm. Prue is shaping up 
she is a completely different personality to Molly. Molly, who is very snooty, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, quite opinionated, impossible to train. But she You're had not this. Talking about yourself, are you, Anna? <laughs> 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 you know, it is a dog psychology show. <laughs> I know. Well, this is it. Well, yeah, this yeah, is the funny thing. You know, dogs are like their owners, and yeah. people are attracted to certain breeds. And and I'm fascinated by the psychology in this. You know, um, people that love golden retrievers. You know, what does the wonderful golden retriever say about that particular person? Um, and the list goes on and on and on, because uh, every breed actually is slightly different while still being, you know, an, a magnificent dog. So describe me, please, <laughs> how different is she? Because maybe there's a little bit about you in the new chapter there too, just in, in a few words. Okay. Um, well, one of my, yeah. yeah, well, one of my esteemed dog trainer friends, um, the amazing Sue Evans, um, who, who you know, Marnie, of course, because you've oh, done yeah. Doga up at Finsbury Park with Sue. Yeah. Yes, really some prudence. I can't have with on Marnie's pilot podcast prudence. I know you don't get it, but we've just got to stop panting and being a bit fruity. It's fine. Anything so, goes. Anything so basically, goes. Sue said uh, when she met Prudence and spent some time with her, she just simply said, because she's a woman of few words, Anna, you have met your match. I know. So I was like, and she said, you have your work cut out. <laughs> so yeah, we've, we've, Prudence, hang on, if you're not going to settle down, uh, settle down, you're ruining the podcast. Does it sound dreadful? I love, I love the background. This is exactly what it's about. That's what we want to hear. You know, we want to hear the dogs panting in the show. Yeah, so yeah. this is all attention-seeking behaviour, that she can't bear it that I'm giving a microphone more attention and, you know, concerted um energy and focus than her you see so well, it's exactly with Robbie the same thing I mean I tried to do doga and he's like you're, I'm not having this on a laptop you're looking at a laptop there's nothing you know why should I come here and join you and then he figured out three months later after lockdown that there's a dog inside the laptop and he started barking I mean anyway Robbie hates for me not to give the attention to him Yes, yeah. yes, which is normal. And I, I applaud Robbie, really, because you, why should you, Marnie? It's ridiculous. But don't you think, <laughs> don't you think though, that dogs on a psychological level help break this obsession that we have with technology now? Um, I always regard them as an antidote to social media. <laughs> Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, it's Ben Bidwell here, otherwise known as The Naked Professor. I'm popping up to say the brand new series of The Naked Professor's podcast is now live. We're all about having deep and vulnerable discussions about what's really going on and how people are really feeling and dealing with the challenges in their lives. Each episode features a roundtable of incredible guests. You can expect to hear things like this. You know, the father I was a year ago is different to the father I am now. Past months have been more up and down than I've ever experienced. My stress levels have been elevated since the show came out. I've been working really hard to try and hold the good and the bad in my life at the moment. These conversations are more important now than ever before. So if you want to tune in, and subscribe to the Naked Professors podcast wherever you found this one. And it's going to be, it's going to take a while to adjust, isn't it? I mean, I could spend another five hours talking about masks, but this is not what the show is about. <laughs> the show is about you, Anna. Oh. Tell me about your, tell me about your podcast now. So what's happening? You're doing so well with your new show. Oh, thank you for saying that. No, gosh, well, I hope so. I do love my podcast. It's called A Dog's Life. And guess what? It really is all dedicated to Molly. So it was my idea, really, to bring if you like, the substance of the radio show that's said for over, over a decade uh, into a podcast by talking to the scientists and the experts that I really admire who taught me things while I own Molly um, or when Molly was around uh, so I can help other people learn from these people. But there's also the aspect of talking about how modern dog ownership has changed, about the dog cultural centricities that we now have all around us from doggy cinema to doggy cafes, doggy daycare, everything really. And I want to bring in a bit of a celebrity as well to see if we can gain some pearls of wisdom on that level as well so it's did you gain anything from uh katharina and the waves who you interviewed just recently yes. I, love, I love this lady i mean she's amazing oh i she? love katrina and it was brilliant she to talk to her spoke about her poodle yes the way the little one who i taught doga was my first doga client her little poodle really away her name was peggy was my first yoga client. Sorry, I'm cutting in there. But no, I but I mean, Katri- you know, no, I love amazing. that. Well, Katrina loves yoga. And in fact, she um, taught me, it was only a couple of weeks ago, we did that interview. So we were chatting about the Tibetan rites. Wow. You know, the five Tibetan rites? Um, yes, I know. Them. Yeah. And so I didn't know about them. So I've researched them. And I love that they are slightly different to the traditional kind of Buddhist, Indian and in inverted commas, yoga postures. And I, I, I love that because I'm obsessed with Tibet. Because one of um, the dogs that played a major part in my life when I was young was a Tibetan spaniel who lived with my aunt and she was really my dog, though, of course. And, um, yeah, and she, 
yeah, started a long obsession with um, the breed, the Tibetan Spaniel. So as part of loving them, I learned about all the Tibetan breeds and they've remained very mysterious because, of course, Tibet's been closed off from the rest of the world for, for so long. So there, there is something really Buddhist about these breeds. It's amazing. But poodles, you see, the thing is about poodles, they are now rare you never see a poodle yet you see every single cross of a poodle that you can imagine from a morky to a schnoodle to a, a doodle to um, a labradoodle you name it and we talk about that with Katrina as like me she hasn't got a very high opinion of these crosses as I often feel people are um, led, led down the garden path a little bit with them in terms of their hypoallergenic qualities which isn't always true in terms of them being healthier than a pure breed which isn't always true so I think they're being produced by sometimes unscrupulous breeders to fulfill a demand for breeds that look super cute have funny names and thereby attract first-time dog owners and the issue is that some of these mixes because you are mixing a poodle which is a highly intelligent dog that actually is a gun dog so oh I didn't know that yeah and I didn't yeah they're highly intelligent one of the top most intelligent dogs I know that exactly so you cross a poodle with a Labrador and you've got a highly tuned working dog because the poodle actually used to be called a poodle hund um and they're German (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and that means water dog a puddle hound so yeah yeah yeah. so you know they're not just the sort of dog that um is associated with the 1950s film star era not at all but of course they bred them into three sizes and katrina has the smallest variety the toy poodle but a standard poodle is actually a very big dog i know (laughs) they're huge well they're like a horse but they are so elegant and i would love to own a poodle one day i must say um i think they're stunning that's your next passion project. But just coming back to passion, because I know we could talk forever. Anna, Anna, this is one of the things, Anna, you and I, we can talk forever. I just love your expertise. I, you know, I know you're going to do so well on this show, uh, your own show with bringing everything together into one podcast, everything, you know, and also for the first time, you are the center of the show. Isn't that, how does that feel? Well, be the center, the center. <laughs> running the show. Yeah. In, your way. in my way. Well, I, I love it. You know, I'm muddling along. I'm, I'm basing it on just what I think people want to learn. So, so far feedback is that the podcast, you know, my podcast, A Dog's Life is so informative. So we're really ticking boxes on that level. Um, And some of them are funny as well. Some of them are more on the serious side, talking about health, which really comes from my journey very much with Molly. Um, As during her lifetime, I guess I rebelled. I rebelled from conventional medicine and opted for the greener pastures of holistic healthcare. So that involves things like homeopathy. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Yeah, red light therapy, all of the physical um, therapies from acupuncture, hydrotherapy, massage, you name it. Um, But also, of course, to nutrition. And as you know, uh, from very early on, well, Molly was always fed on a raw food diet. And I'm a champion of this way of feeding simply because it is just 
natural, um, unfettered, unprocessed, pure nutrition. So nutrition, I've always been very interested in at a human level. I did used to want to be a dietitian. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. And I work at Planet Organic and I'm a health food advisor. Amazing. So, so weird. Again, we're that's so interesting. Yeah. And, you know, food, you know, you nourish your health. It's like Hippocrates said, let medicine be thy food and food be thy medicine. And in a way, we're seeing this now with the NHS discouraging us to eat so much processed food, to eat five a day. You know, we're really being pressured and rightly so to eat more healthily to make us more healthy so yeah so a lot will focus on nutrition in the podcast too Mm, exactly and also a sense of humor as well which you always have you're funny (laughs) I love when you (laughs) I love when you you come out with things sometimes as a it just cracks me up so much. I don't know. I don't remember the last thing. Humor. <laughs> and it's it's so important. It's so important to have that. Who would you like to see on your show? Apart from me, of course. Well, exactly, Marnie. And you must, well, let's get the date inked into the diary to come on. Um, gosh, lots of people. Oh, you know, I mean, I have um, my aspiration, okay, is uh, <laughs> to interview Debbie Harry. Uh, I really wow. would love to do that. Is probably my goal. Uh, another. How sp- many dogs? She ha- she has dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Lots of dogs. Has had lots of cats. Animals play a major mm-hmm. role in her life. Absolutely, she does. Um, but uh, that would be a bucket list thing, uh, actually. But I have fulfilled one bucket list thing, which is to have interviewed Dr. Rupert Sheldrake in his library, because you know I love. Uh, everything to do with the sixth sense and I learned with Molly that she could pick up on my intentions so basically she could read me understand what I was thinking telepathically so what Rupert has proved scientifically is that telepathy exists between people uh, although we've lost touch with our ability to be telepathic back in the day in the cave we would probably be very good at it but smartphones have taken over our lives of course but between some owners and their dogs telepathy really does exist so talking to Rupert in his library that was a bucket list moment I I, I love that interview so that was my first one you see so sometimes the first ones you do are the best money <laughs> of course of course and just just to summon it up you know Nostradamus yeah um, predicted that we will be able to speak telepathically with our animals he predicted he didn't predict COVID but he predicted telepathy there you <laughs> are said, as through modern technology as well so watch out for that gadget that will be able you know where we can uh, speak to to Robbie and Robbie will respond back or something like that but I totally believe in telepathy and you know Doga is so much about telepathy and vibration uh, yoga for you and your dog I pick up on people's energy I even pick on the psychic realm as well I read people's past lives and things it's just a natural thing that's happening and having a dog there it enhances it even more so telepathy will I I, I really believe this will be something that will evolve in the next uh, 10 to 20 years people will get more in touch through animals with their own psychic and telepathic ability do you see what I mean the the communication to listen into something that dogs already hear have always heard they hear our they see and hear our vibrations they can hear us 
what we are thinking. Absolutely, I agree. I mean, whether it's on an electromagnetic um, level, whether it's to do with how Rupert describes it as morphic fields. So he believes we're all connected um, through social bonds. And it's really, really brilliant. I mean, his book, um, which I will plug now, that I urge everyone to just get and read because it changed my life. I read this book when Molly was already about eight and a half. And in that time, I had all these uncanny moments. I said, hang on a minute. I've just thought that we were going for a walk, but I haven't actually said anything. I haven't even gone to pick up your lead. How, why are you waiting at the front door? You know, um, and then when Gremlin, my cat, arrived, this was later on, I had read Rupert's book, which is called Dogs That Know When Their Owners Are Coming Home. Um, so when, because I have a cat, of course, called Gremlin, and cats are mentioned a lot in this book as well, because they are particularly psychic. Gremlin would be sat on the pavement as Molly and I would pull up in the Mini. You know, um, I remember once we'd been all the way up to Leeds, no, Harrogate, so miles away, miles away. And yeah, um, he 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 knew when we, we were coming home and he was there to greet us. And it couldn't have been the car engine because I lived, you know, off the Englefield Road in Dalston where there was like so much traffic, lots of Minis, they all sound the same. Why my car? So anyway, Rupert's actually dispelled any myths about uh, here in the car engine and other things like that. So it's really worth reading his experiments to um, find out more and how dogs pick up on our intentions. It's amazing. And I really, my my wish is to one day have a studio where people can come in for doga, but they also can come in for holistic treatments for you and your dog to bond or maybe have psychic readings and telepathic communication. I, I can see the center. This is my my vision. And I know you're going to be in that vision, Anna, with your expertise. Oh, no, it must be there. That's start a- an empire. I think an I, empire. I, an empire, you know, my like word. a healing center. Yeah, you know? no, I know. I think it's yeah. a really good idea. It's a really good idea because I honestly think um, a whole kind of um, understanding of what we all are is going to shift now through COVID because human contact is going to be reduced so much. We're we're probably facing the biggest change. You know, in a hundred years' time this will all be in the history books of how mankind changed. It's just we can't see how that change is going to um, materialise. So, but I I feel there will be a shift change in the human condition. And hopefully animals will play a much bigger role, um, which is a good thing, as a lot of legislation is... um, uh, going through at the moment, there's a lot of lobbying uh, to government to change all sorts of things from pet theft, you know, making pet theft a criminal offence because at the moment it isn't, which is crazy, um, to ban, you know, the exploitative sale of puppies into the UK, which is cruel and dreadful, um, and and of course to raise sentencing in line with. Uh, cruelty to humans to animals so at the moment if someone's terribly cruel to a dog their sentence for this crime is is a pittance it does not reflect often what they've actually done so there's another law being um 
lobbied to Parliament um, on that level called Finn's Law Part 2, which is a, a law that I'm particularly hoping does become legislation, really in honour of my dad. So we've just gone full circle because he wonderful. hated animal cruelty, you know, um, and it is the pits, isn't it? It is, absolutely. And Finn's Law is a, a dog that... That's not your dad's name, is it? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Finn. Oh, Finn. Wow. Well, Finn is a police dog and he is still alive. Oh. And um, oh. yeah, so episode eight, yeah, episode eight of my podcast, tune in. It's with um, Dave Wardell, who is uh, Finn's police dog handler. And Finn did nearly die uh, defending, you know, his owner, who otherwise would be dead right now. So basically Finn took the machete and it missed his uh, heart by half a millimetre, but it did piss his lung. Anyway, very painful, long story short, you know, Mm. um, Finn survived. But the criminal who did this to him got a six-month sentence. Six months. And Finn could have died, but luckily he didn't. But um, uh, Finn's law now does exist. This is legislation which protects all service animals um, and means that the sentencing will be appropriate for the crime done to them, just as it would be if, for example, Dave Wardell had taken the machete and died. The sentence to that criminal would have been a lot greater. But because, you know, the criminal hurt his dog, it didn't matter because in a court of law, traditionally dogs are chattel um, rather than being sentient living creatures. So a lot a lot is, is a changing. Chattel. A chattel, what yeah. That, what does that even mean? Well, I know it's such an old word, but it means property. So, yeah, you know, so prudence is like a car, it's like a laptop. And that's the same with this uh, pet theft reform campaign. It is to highlight that dogs are more than property. Well, I hope they're not going to do a legislation for mobile phones as well, like that. <laughs> what are these? You my mobile, so my mobile. Are you that <laughs> attached? Are you that attached to your smartphone, Marnie? <laughs> no, I, I really hope it doesn't come to that point. No, let's start with the dogs and 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 obviously all animals. Absolutely. I mean, we can talk forever, but unfortunately, we have to wrap this up today. But I would love to speak to you again. Yes. I mean, oh, Marnie, thank the, you, thank you so much. Knowledge, it's it's fascinating. I, I need to listen into your podcast more often. <laughs> and obviously, I hope to see you in person as well for a long awaited coffee and chanting and meditation that we were going to do at some point. Yes. Um, but Anna, you're just I, I wish you so much luck, so much blessings uh, for this this new path that you were talking about. And most importantly, because, like you said, you came full circle with your father. It's so interesting that it all started with your father and kind of, cl- uh, you know, closed with your father's wish for protection for animals, uh, that you are on a path, you're on a mission. <laughs> but you're on a path on a mission to carry on your dad's spirit I really feel that you know that you that's why you keep going because I don't know where you get the energy from so and there's so much genuine you know uh, kindness in you for these animals and uh, everything that is real and genuine I, it will always be a success I believe that so you, you're going to be a huge success well thank you Moni and <laughs> I really feel that and the same you know the same goes for you and um, I can't wait to do some dope 
sugar. And that's where I bring Mr. Binks, of course, who's been left out so far of this conversation. But no, no. But just to recap, he loves Doga, my little my little boy, um, who only has one hip, but he's a rehome and through lots of rehabilitation, he's marvellous. Yes, I remember. He's so special. And we, sh- we need to include Mr. Binks into the conversations a, a little bit more as well. Sometimes one comes for it and then we forget, oh my God, there's another one. But I think that's normal. So with parenting, isn't it? The first child, the second child, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting. And I remember Mr. Binks, he really enjoyed himself and you enjoyed yourself on International Doga Day. It was brilliant. And- yeah. And and on this note, I just want to say, um, you know, again, happy, uh, you know, International Dog Day. And also, uh, if anybody from Iran is listening, <laughs> I just want to say, you know, the Iranians are not allowed to walk their dogs during the day anymore. So I'm I'm really hoping my Iranian nation uh, will get through this pandemic to be able to walk their dogs every day whenever they want to. And yeah, let's let's keep going. Let's keep going with the dogs and fight for them um, and leave a legacy behind. So these dogs will get absolute uh, credibility like humans. So exactly. Well, yeah. thank you, Moni. Oh, Anna, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And I thank you so much for being the first. Thank you. Nam- well, namaste. 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 There's the third version now. Namaste, namaste, or namaste, namapa. Oh, namapa. <laughs> om shanti. Om shanti. Shanti om. Om. Thank you so much. Om. Woof. Thanks for listening to Conversations with My Dog. And a huge thanks to Ira from All Dogs Matter for joining us. Make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, then please leave us a review and a five-star rating. It helps others to find us. And talking of spreading the news, please tell another person about the podcast and help us reach more people and dogs. We'll be back with another episode, same time, same place, next week. Namapa. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.